With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers! Start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Good evening, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to Drafting the Circuits. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over this past weekend of racing. Uh, joining me today is uh, Mr. Gray Warren from Richard Childress Racing, Seth Eggert from Motorsports Tribune, and Richard Uden from Arouge Engineering. Gentlemen, how is everybody tonight? Terrific. Doing good. All right, so uh, before we get into the racing news, just a little, a uh, little bit of a sad note. Uh, earlier this week, um, you know, Miss uh, Mary Holman George, um, Chairman Emeritus of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, passed away at the age of 83. Um, she's been a familiar sight at the speedway um, ever since she's a small child. She's the only, only child of Tony Holman who bought this, you know. Bought the Speedway back post World War II, uh, brought it back to life. Um, she was uh, always there. She's um, she gave the command uh, to start engines from 1997 through 2015. Um, uh, you know, she uh, did the command there with her whole family in 2016 before turning that over to her uh, her son Tony George. Um, and she uh, was also a uh, philanthropist and very, very involved in the community. So, um, you know, a very familiar sight at the Speedway. Um, we're sad that she's gone. Our thoughts, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to all, all of her friends and family members and those that knew her. So, um, uh, again, sad news, Mary Holman George passed away. Um, meanwhile, NASCAR was in Texas. Um, Kevin, we all kind of wrote our articles and finished up everything Monday uh, with Kevin Harvick um, guaranteed his spot in the chase um, coming down as probably, probably the champion uh, championship favorites uh, going into uh, Miami. Um, meanwhile, uh, come Wednesday morning, the penalties are announced and uh, uh, Harvick is basically um, he's not stripped of the win because NASCAR doesn't strip wins, but the win is ruled encumbered. It doesn't count. Uh, towards the championship. Um, therefore, he goes from having a guaranteed spot in Miami to being just above the cut line. So uh, realistically, uh, he's fighting for his life at this point because you've got um, uh, Harvick plus eight 
pretty other good cars going after three available spots. And if, if one of these guys below the cut line, say uh, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, uh, you know, Clint Boyer were to win this race um, and uh, Harvick finishes anywhere behind uh, Kyle Busch and Truex, that's going to put uh, Harvick out of the game. So um, now, Gray, <laughs> you and I had discussed this uh, earlier in the season about the encumbered wins and, and, uh, could this happen during the um, during the playoffs, and and what would be the reaction? So uh, now we have it. So um, I mean, what are your thoughts, Craig? Yeah, I mean it's it, uh, it's put uh, Harvick in, in in quite a precarious position. He's only three points above the cutoff. He lost a total of four. He was docked a total of forty points, and probably more important than that, uh, or, or or more as ex- more significant than that. If that wasn't bad enough, he loses his crew chief and car chief for the remainder of the season. They are suspended for uh, the next two races, the, the the final two races of the season. So that's really going to put that four team behind the eight ball. Uh, I, I'll tell you this, that team's got a lot of depth. They've got uh, Kevin Harvick driving the car. They've been good all year long. Uh as big a deficit as as it appears on the face, I think that team's still going to go to go to uh, to Phoenix uh, with a good shot to win. They've done it before. Uh, I believe they won there in the spring. Uh, I believe that with the depth that team's got, they they can still uh, overcome uh, what's been put out before them. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. But yeah, uh, startling news really when you think about it. And not only did they get um, uh, Harvick, uh, they got uh, Blaney and uh, Eric Jones, but those those pale uh, uh, in comparison to Harvick's uh, sanctions because those those two cars are no longer in the chase and really doesn't affect uh, the championship. So um, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, you know, they've they've got a hold uh, hold that they're in, but they're still right now they're still they got their heads above water. And uh, they know what they've got to do going into uh, to Phoenix. We'll just see if they can uh, if they can pull one out. Yeah. Now let's talk about this specific infraction a little bit. You know, for those who maybe understand, and maybe Richard, you can jump in on this as well. But uh, it's my understanding that they had modified the spoiler or the mounting of the spoiler, and it was something that's it's something that wasn't an accident, correct? Yes, it was not an accident. <laughs> it's it's a piece that's supposed to be supplied by the manufacturer. There's a there's a waterfall on the, what they call a waterfall on the back of the deck lid, and it, and and it uh, it's back there. It's a piece. It's a it's a composite piece, and then there's the spoiler itself. The spoilers are are, are come from uh, come from Richardson. They're they're uh, CNC cut, and theirs apparently was altered. The shape was altered in some uh, some way. Um, uh, I can tell you that all teams play with that. That's an area that the teams play in, some more so than others. And uh, I am sure that Richardson is working overtime tonight to uh, fix spoilers that teams can uh, have at the ready to uh, be shipped to uh, – to Phoenix for this weekend's race. <laughs> it's so, interesting because uh, at, uh, at the super speedway races, the cars you turn up without a spoiler and NASCAR hands them out, you know, on Friday morning or whenever it is. That's my understanding of how 
that typically works. But right. um, I think, you know, th there's two things I wanted to sort of briefly mention was firstly, you know, there's been some pretty harsh, not harsh penalties, that's the wrong word this week, but post-race. And my understanding is NASCAR take three cars of it. So let's just sorry, rewind a minute. Sorry. My understanding was NASCAR takes three cars post-race. They take the first place, the second place, and then a random uh, to the tech center down there in North Carolina. So obviously they took Harvick's car. And where, I can't remember the results now. Where was... Uh, Blaney Joe, was second. Okay, Blaney was second. And then, okay, so fair enough. There was, so all three cars that got taken post-race had an issue with them. Now, is this, it's not unusual because, you know, I've been in meetings where crew chiefs have come back from a race where the car's been taken. And there's a few things that it's like, hey, don't do this again. And, oh, you know, be careful with that. That needs to be tighter or whatever it may be. But, you know, do you think really, you know, maybe this is just the time when NASCAR clamped down on them and said, bang. You, you know, we're drawing a line here. This is getting out of hand. We're going to make an example of you guys. Well, I, I, and I'm sure it's, it's I'm sure it's been discussed in prior weeks. There's probably been some borderline stuff going on. NASCAR has seen it. And uh, this week they decided that, uh, that someone stepped over the line. Now, I don't know that... Uh, I'm not sure they said body modification on the 20 and the 20 and the 12. I don't know what what that was. I I, I don't know the exact uh, infraction uh, there. For the 20, it was uh, the package tray. Uh, yep. Okay. And for the 12, it was the front crush panel. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, and they've been playing with that that right front crush panel for a while now. They've done some really kind of wacky stuff with that. Uh, that's been going on uh, for some time. But but yeah, but you know, and then two, you, one other thing that you that was done prior to the race, uh, when the cars were sitting on the line, uh, an infraction of improper body modification infraction was discovered on the ten car. Uh, prior to the start of the race and he had to move uh move to the back of the uh back of the field uh seth did you hear what uh, that specific infraction was uh, it went through tech and it passed tech and my understanding is it was something similar to what may or may not have happened with the 12 that they uh, played with the crush panel and nascar noticed it and didn't like it uh something else i do want to mention since we're on the subject of uh penalties and going to the back of the field, Jimmy Johnson, uh, it wasn't until about 20, 30 laps into the race. Now, Jimmy Johnson had failed tech prior to the race twice. That does not mean you go and lose your uh, starting position. If you fail tech twice, I believe it's just the car chief. Three times to the tail end, four times it's uh, points. Well, he failed twice, lost the car chief, but they made the team go and start at the rear of the field after sending out a notice 20 minutes prior to the race that they had only failed twice. Somewhere, NASCAR dropped the ball on their communication, and they admitted it about 30 to 40 laps into the race when they finally caught the fact that they made a mistake. 
<laughs> yeah, and there, there's no going back there, right? There, yeah. you know, you're not going to say, "Oh, everybody, let Jimmy go ahead." You know, Too low thirty laps into the race, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a mess. But I mean, did the did the team not protest there? Did they not say, "Why are we going to the back"? Or well, my understanding is Chad Canal uh, knew, and for some reason, either the team never no, uh, protested or they misunderstood the rule and thought that because they failed tech twice, they had to go to the back. I can understand somebody misunderstanding the rule because they they seem to change a lot. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I just, um, just throwing that out there, not being mean. Yeah, I, I've got a very quick point as well on the whole Kevin Harvick situation. Um, was it necessary? You know, really, you know, I mean, that four car has been probably the dominant car of the season. Did they really need to push at this stage of the season and, and you know, take that risk? I mean, they must have known that they were you know, on the borderline uh, well, with what they were trying to do. And yeah. if they'd been warned about it in previous weeks, which, is, as Grace said, is, is not unusual for them to sort of, uh, you know, put out those notices, you know, did they really need to do that? I mean, as long as they had two solid finishes at Texas and, and Phoenix, they were pretty much guaranteed to make it to Homestead, weren't they? Well, he, he had more bonus points than anybody. So he yeah. had those in the, he had points in the bank. So, yeah. I mean, essentially, basically, all he's got to do is, is really running the top five, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and he, which they and would have done without any hesitation, you exactly. know? Exactly. But you you don't know to what extreme they had been doing it. You know, and, and, and Richard, as you well know, it's a cat and mouse game in the garage. Oh, sure. it, it always is. It always has been. You know, you, you, you get by with things for a couple of weeks and, okay, well, we, we'll take a little more, you know, and they're not, they don't notice it. We're getting it by. And all of a sudden, bang, you know, you get it. And I tell you, the thing about it is, other people in the garage notice it. It get, The word gets out. Other people are doing the same things. There's a lot of smart people in, in, in that garage area doing similar things. Uh, not a lot of secrets in that garage. And, uh, you know, some guys push the envelope more than others. And, yep. uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, bang, NASCAR gets tired of the shenanigans. And they decided to put a stop to it. Uh, NASCAR could probably be a little more consistent in their enforcement. Uh, if they would enforce what's already in black and white in the rule book mm-hmm. uh, from week to week consistently, sometimes they would not have the issues they have. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll just have to see. But but as of right now, that's the big news. Um uh, going to create a stir when the cars show up at Phoenix, I'm sure. Uh, be yeah. a lot of questions asked. And, then, of course, the full car has knows what they've got to do. Uh, uh, it's not exactly as hard as slouch around Phoenix, is it, really? No, and like I said, with the depth that team has got, sure, yeah. it's, a, sure it's a bit of a handicap, but, uh, you know, this team's won eight races this year and has been probably the, the, the preeminent front runner all year long um i would think that uh, they'll uh, they'll lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pull, pull their resources together. They pull together, and uh, and I would be I would be shot unless you know unless he you know the only way I see it is if Harvick goes out there and he has uh, that team has a misstep as a speeding penalty or some some uh, uh, problem on pit road or, yeah, or if he gets or if he gets I, caught I, caught up in somebody else's wreck. You know what I mean? Well, I, That's I doable what, around Phoenix as well, isn't it? It, 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 yeah. it is, but, but I think Harvick will, Harvick will run run close enough to the front unless he does have one of those snafus I just mentioned uh, that he should be able to avoid any of that stuff. Um, but, is this, uh, sorry, very quickly. Is this the first time that the new layout and pit area will be used at Phoenix yes. this week? Yeah, the new the new uh, configuration where the start finish yeah. line has been moved around to actually the uh, between the first and second turns. Uh, yeah, they, they've they also renamed the turn so the, where essentially it's the only track now on the circuit that the pit road is almost exclusively on the backstretch. Um, just two notes, uh, speaking of depth in the organization, uh, Tony Gibson will be the crew chief for Kevin Harvick in the final two races this season. <laughs> they are not appealing the penalty. And there was one other penalty in the truck series, uh, the next-gen motorsports number 35. It's only their second start of the season. They're going to run the next two races with plans to run full-time next year. Uh, they lost uh, ballast from the truck during practice. The, the crew chief, truck chief, and the mechanic have all been suspended for the next three truck races. Now, there's only two left this season. So, so obviously, it carries over to the It carries over, race. so they will also not be able to be at Daytona next year. Oh. NASCAR frowns at losing oh, yeah. the ballast. The, the situation that can cause very dangerous situation if that stuff gets loose and gets out onto the track. You're talking about a a six, uh, a, a two by four uh, piece of tungsten is six inches long that uh, is pretty substantial and caused quite a bit of damage uh, if it gets hit on the racetrack. So, yeah, NASCAR does uh, does frown on that, on that and uh, that's a good rule, and uh, that will make sure that they secure that uh, tungsten ballast uh, next time they uh, – they put that car together, so yeah, that's um, that's a good rule there. Um, go back, going back to the race itself. Uh, you know, we've we've covered Kevin Harvick's um, uh, penalty, but yeah, Harvick Harvick uh, had the dominant car uh, out there. Ryan Blaney sat on the pole, led a good number of laps, but uh, uh, as soon as they got into the race, got the race going, uh, Harvick uh, quickly went to the front uh, and and won. Uh, won the first and second stage, I believe I'm correct there. And, 
And then late race restart, he had to overcome that. He blew past Blaney uh, on, on the green-white checker and uh, never looked back and, and, and won the race. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was kind of a typical uh, Texas race since they reconfigured the track. Uh, some would say a little bit boring. Uh, not, a, not a great deal of action uh, in, in the cup race. Uh, they've made that truck track pretty pretty difficult uh, since they can reconfigure the first turn they made it one of those progressive banking uh track type tracks in turns one and two they they widened the track from 58 feet to 78 feet and uh and reduced the banking from 24 to 20 degrees and then, of course left turns three and four the same so it's a difficult track to get hold of you have to kind of compromise from one end to the other um Sometimes it leads to a little bit of single file racing. Passing was very difficult in this particular race. I'm hoping that uh, the new aero configuration that they're going to go to next year will will help racing at Texas. Uh, we'll see see what happens. wasn't a great deal of lead changes that went on, you know, particularly under under green flag conditions. So uh, there's the wrap up on on the race. Kevin Harvick get, gets the win, and then we find out Wednesday. Uh, it's, it's not quite what we think it is. So we'll move on to, to Phoenix and see where we go. But uh, there's a couple other races there, and Seth can tell us about those. Yeah, uh, the Indy Truck Series, it was Todd Gillen's race to lose. He dominated, uh, led about half the race, ran out of gas on with a half lap to go. Justin Haley, who was in the playoffs, snatched the victory. He's going on to Homestead along with his teammate Johnny Salter. So GMS Racing has half the playoff spots in the truck series. Uh, ben Rhodes finished second. Brett Moffitt, another playoff driver, in third. Gilliland ultimately ended up fourth. And Austin Hill in the Young's Motorsports truck, an underfunded team, finished fifth. And in the truck series, there were not a lot of wrecks. There were not a lot of cautions. So that was actually impressive that the O2, which, again, that was also in one of the uh, various cautions. Granted, there were only uh, four or five, mm-hmm. but he was in one of the accidents, came back to finish fifth at Texas up against the Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks, the GMS trucks, the Door Sport trucks, in one of the small underfunded teams. Uh, so, so, so we going forward, we've got two of the final four already set, correct? Yes. All right, who, so, and they are against uh, Justin Johnny, Haley and. and Charlie Sauter. Okay, but, who are the who are the other uh, who are the other ones in still in contention for the other two spots? You have Brett Moffitt and Noah Gregson. Gregson is currently the cutoff. You also have Grant Enfinger, who is about ten points back, and Matt Crafton, who is about twenty points back. Moffitt only has a cushion of seven points. Okay, so they'll race. They'll race at Phoenix this weekend. And that, and, and of course, they'll settle there, settle everything at Homestead on Championship Weekend. Uh, give us a recap on on what will turn out to be a kind of a wild uh, Xfinity race. Uh, let's see. There were 13 cautions for 54 laps of the 200 lap race. Uh, Cole Custer ultimately won with a last lap pass. All three races this weekend had a last lap pass for the victory, but Cole Custer. Uh, snatched the lead on the final lap from Tyler Reddick, going on to score his second career victory, locking himself into Homestead. 
he is the only Xfinity driver locked into the championship four for the Xfinity series. Tyler Reddick ended up second. Austin Sindrick, another playoff driver, was third. Uh, you had John Hunter Nemechek finish fourth, and Justin Allgaier, who was one of the favorites, ended up fifth. Uh, for the playoffs in the Xfinity series, Elliot Sadler is second, with Daniel Hemrick third, and Justin Allgaier, although he's fourth, he is not currently in the playoffs because Cole Custer is sixth. Custer is the only one locked in. So currently, Justin Allgaier, one of the favorites, is 12 points out. Christopher Bell had another atrocious weekend, got caught up in two different accidents, didn't finish the race. He is 38 points behind the cutoff. So he's in a must-win situation going to Phoenix. Correct. To transfer. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, that's two weeks in a row that he's been caught up in a, in a first-lap crash. Correct. Although it wasn't the first lap crash that ultimately took out Bell this week. Uh, a little past halfway, Austin Sindrick uh, put the bumper to Bell, and Bell went around and clobbered the outside wall and turned three and four. Speaking of Sindrick, another playoff driver, he is 61 points behind the cutoff. So both Bell and Sindrick are in must-win situations. Uh, Allgaier and Tift. They'll need a little bit of help. They might be able to get enough stage points to move themselves in. Tyler Reddick, Elliot Sadler, and Daniel Hemrick, the three of them seem to be good as of right now. So it just uh, it's going to come down again to, to probably another wild race at Phoenix to, to see who gets to go to be the final four uh, representatives in the Xfinity Series at Championship Weekend. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I tell you, Phoenix is is shaping up to be a, a pretty wild weekend in all three divisions. Absolutely, yeah. And just, gosh, I feel so bad for Christopher Bell because I really feel like this guy is one of the one of the future stars of the sport. I mean, he's he's very talented. He's very good. Um, you know, he's very poised when you speak with him. You know, I think he's uh, he's got the makings of a future star. I just, I just hate it for him. He's had this run of bad luck lately. So, uh, yeah. hoping he has a great run in Phoenix. Yeah, well, you know, and, and it appeared as the playoff, I mean, as the playoff started in the Xfinity Series that, that Allgaier and and and, uh, and Christopher Vail were going to be shoe-ins in the, in the Xfinity Series, but that just proves, I mean, you still got to advance through the stages and anything can happen and, and it can be uh, things not of your own making. So, yeah, it's going to come down to uh, this weekend where uh, – couple of teams are going to have to pull out all the stops and see if they can't, uh, can't pull out a victory to transfer to Miami with a shot to win the championship. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so before we start talking about um, uh, Phoenix, cause we've, we've still got plenty of time here. Um, I just want to kind of backtrack a little bit about the, you know, we talked about the reconfiguring and repave at Texas. Um, you know, they kind of did the same thing at Kentucky and, and I just feel like, uh, like you said, a lot of, uh, they made it tough to pass, you know, they've even, um, even the IndyCar guys said they're not totally thrilled with uh, with the the repave at Texas. So, uh, and it it should be noted that uh, it was one of the lightest Texas crowds I've seen in quite some time. You know, yeah, um, yeah, it was. So, uh, uh, so that was, I, uh, yeah. So, well, I mean, what are your thoughts with the new packages? Is this really going to breathe new life into these uh the, these mile and a half ovals? I think so. I really do. I, based on what I saw with Charlotte. Uh, all-Star Weekend. I think it's. I think it's got a lot of potential. 
and I and I tell you, um, slowing these cars down, taking some horsepower away is not a bad thing. You people in sitting in the stands are not going to know the difference with these cars are going into the corners ten miles an hour slower. They're not going to notice a thing. Uh, I think too, and and I want to I want to inject this point as well. The reconfiguration along with tire choice was at issue at at at, at Texas this weekend. I think too that. Uh, with this new package we're going to, if Goodyear can come up with a with a tire, uh, it's all, they all got to work in concert. The whole the whole package has got to be something that works. If they can come up with a tire that that will be that will degrade a little bit, uh, I think we're going. I think we got the potential to uh, to see a different type of racing next year, possibly a more competitive type of racing where uh, we don't see. Uh, one car be able to get out and drive out to a two or three second lead and maintain it out in clean air. Uh, I think that's that that's been detrimental to the sport over the last several years. Uh, but again, based on what I saw in the All Star race uh, at Charlotte back in May, that was a good package. It produced some terrific racing, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to see it carry on next year, and 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 they'll be able to take it and. And, and be able to uh, to put on some good shows with it. Absolutely. So so now now Phoenix. So we talked about Phoenix has uh, been somewhat reconfigured. I mean the track the track layout is pretty much the same, but we've we've moved the start finish line. We have moved the pits. Um, well, the, the pits are the same. Uh, the, the pit pit exit is different. Yeah. Right. 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 But we the position of the start finish line now makes the pits on the uh, you know. It's, yeah, but it's but the um and they moved the, the the primary grandstands around to where the start finish line is now. Um it's gonna be interesting, but just looking at the um the pictures of the construction, um some of the, the fan amenities they put in there, uh, you know, with, with the, the midway and and the uh the fan zone and those uh, new grandstand seats, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean it's uh, uh the a project they look like they spared no expense on. It looks like it's uh, I really wish I could go. Um, you know, if Phoenix wasn't all the way across the country, I would uh, head out. But uh, it's going to be um, for the fan experience. It looks like it's going to be something else, something special. So, but uh, speaking of, of the race experience, so uh, what do you what do you guys feel like uh, type racing we'll see in Phoenix? Yeah, typical same 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 race we've yeah. been seeing. I, I don't think that's going to change. I I personally think it will be slightly different. The reason why they never. The drivers never wanted to go double file or three wide, for that matter, into what was turns one and two. That's now turns three and four. So I think the racing will change slightly just because drivers are going to have to go into that turn double file, if not three wide, to try to make moves right before the start-finish line, especially towards the end of the stage or at the end of the race. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I think I think you do make a valid point about the start of the race and, and, and the the restarts where they'll have to go. Typically, they they would run through that double file, but they'd already be at speed. Now they're going to be coming up to speed as as they go through there and, and, and restarting as they go through. So that that could create some 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 issues, but. Uh, uh, I think basically we'll see the cream rise to the top, uh, like we always do at Phoenix, and like we've talked about earlier in the show. I think, I think the four car will go 
pretty well uh, rated. I mean, if you go by Vegas odds, he's a two to one favorite <laughs> to win the race, and that had that even the even the uh, announcement of the penalties has not changed that. So uh, I still think you're going to see uh, see a see a good run from the four car. And if I had to pick somebody, that's that's that would be my pick. Well, there you go. You do have to pick oh. somebody, and there you go. <laughs> so, Richard, so now that uh, your pick of Harvard has, Harvick has been snatched away, who do, you, who do you like for Phoenix? What do you think, uh, what do you think we're going to see out of the Phoenix race? Well, I mean, if you go by Martin Truex's uh, statement, there's a higher power uh, you know, controlling some of these races at the moment, so maybe we should pick him. Um, I don't know. Uh Ooh, Phoenix. Let's, let's throw Clint Boyer. Let's throw Clint Boyer out there. See what he does out there. Yeah, Clint Boyer. Yeah, we're, I think it really would be interesting to see one of these guys in the, the below the cut line win the race, and just to see who would who would take because it'll it takes one of the big three out. Yeah, exactly. Just, just to see which one it is. So now, now Seth. Now that's something else I've been talking about uh, for the past couple yeah, of weeks. That's why, that's why I went to you. That was my segue for you, sir. And. I personally think it's going to be Chase Elliott. I mean, he had a good run there last year. Uh, somewhat similar to Dover and Martinsville, he had good runs. He ended up winning this year at Dover. So he's pretty he's much gonna, in a must-win situation, too, isn't he? Uh, not anymore because of the penalty with Harvick. Oh, okay, he, right. He was uh, 57 points behind. Now he's 17 behind. Okay. All right. That's a good pick. I mean, yeah, it's a... Uh... That's a that's that's a really good pick out there too too, and and then too you know there's other spoilers out there that you could say Kyle Larson has typically run good out there in, in past races, but I swear that team has been has seemed to be snake bit uh, the last four or five races. They seem like they haven't been able to to do anything uh, and 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 run well. So I don't know. Maybe they can turn it around and and have a decent run out there and, and play the part of the spoiler. But who, who knows? But uh, I think it'll be a, uh, a pretty spirited and wild race with so many, so many guys out there vying for uh, really the last, the last three spots uh, going into Miami. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of storylines to follow. You know? I mean, so I, you, you think that's pretty unusual because, you know, normally you would have two spots already set going into uh, – going into this weekend, you know, you'd have your, you know, if, if, if things run too true to form, you'd have your uh, Martinsville winner and then you'd have your uh, Texas winner. They would be set uh, going into uh, uh, to this race. And then of course now then we've, there's, there's really three open spots now with, with Harvick's uh, issues. So uh, that's really going to leave uh, some room for some interesting strategy and, and other things uh, come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I don't think anybody is really safe other than Joey Logano, who's yeah. guaranteed a spot. I think you know, any one of those 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 big three um, could run into trouble and uh, uh, you know get knocked below the line again. Particularly if we say you know one of the outliers wins. So um, and then of course if Chase Elliott wins and then goes on to wins the win the cup, people will will cry that the fix is in. Uh, because that's NASCAR's next big star, but um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I tell you, really, uh, it, it, trouble befell two of the big three at uh, at Texas. You had uh, you had the seventy eight have his issues there. He had a 
had a loose wheel and uh, had to come make a pit stop. And then when he came to make that pit stop, he was uh, got a pit road penalty for having uh, a crewman over the wall too soon. So it really put him behind the eight ball. And then, of course, Kyle Busch had, had issues as well, and he finished a lap down too. So basically what saved those guys is their uh, – is their bonus points and playoff points that they'd accumulated throughout the season and throughout the the uh, the early rounds of the the playoffs. So, uh, but yeah, they they did uh, they had some issues at Texas. So we'll see how they uh, how they treat uh, uh, Phoenix going out there and what their strategy will be. Absolutely. So uh, so I get I get to make a pick, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kyle Busch. Um, because he can seemingly win anywhere, and uh, <laughs> he, again, he's had a little bit of a little bit of a lull. Um, but uh, lull for Kyle Busch never lasts too long. So, um, so before we start talking about uh, some other racing, the the news about Martin Truex and his his new home next year uh, that uh, is now official. He'll be taking over the 19 uh, along with his crew chief Cole Pern. and um, the word on the street is uh, that uh, Daniel Suarez will move into the 41 car over at uh, Stuart Haas Racing. And then Kurt Busch is set to be announced taking over Jamie McMurray's ride, the number one car, at Chip Ganassi Racing. So um, so we have uh, – not only is uh, Suarez uh, uh, leaving Gibbs, he's, uh, he's also coming out from under the Toyota banner. And Toyota had hoped to keep them uh, – keep him, didn't they, Seth? They did, and uh, one of the comments that I specifically remember when Levine Family Racing announced their move to Toyota, Bob Levine had said that he would have run a second car and would still be open to running a second car if Toyota would give that team enough engines to do so. So there was still talk as recently as about a month ago of a second Toyota car over there that could have been easily for Daniel Suarez or Christopher Bell or another driver, but it never materialized. And that's what, uh, from all the talk, Suarez is going to end up being in the 41 and Kurt Busch, who all the talk has him going to the number one. You know, that, that seems like a, a, a major snafu for Toyota in that, they are losing a major sponsor that was part of the Toyota program uh, if, if Aris goes over to the 41 car. That is, uh, that's a major sponsor that, come, that leaves that Toyota fold. Although they are they keeping are, a major uh, yeah, sponsor. Contract, contractually, yeah. they, they have to remain one more, one more yeah. year, obviously. But yeah, but still, when you look at it going forward, that does not make, to me, a lot of good business sense when, you know, uh, they can keep that big sponsor in the fold uh, and and uh, probably find a home and help develop uh, uh, two up-and-coming drivers. So where are you going to do Christopher Bale now? Where, well, you know, you're going to have well, to find him. A, you're going to have to find him a home Sooner or later, you know. Well, the comment for about Christopher Bell is that he needs one more season in the oh, Xfinity series. Obviously, which, he does. Which, but, uh, there, but he keeps saying that he wants to move up, and he is probably the oldest driver of this young crowd uh, of the young up and coming drivers. He's probably the oldest one of that group, 
and he wants to go up to Cup, mm-hmm. and he wants to do it sooner rather than later. And now, how old is he? Uh, like twenty six, or is no. he older? No. Seth's Google that. Your friend. <laughs> Just, <laughs> he just, is 24. 24, oh, yeah. So, I, I just he is, so he's he's still rather young. I mean, but when you have drivers, uh, I mean, look at Kyle Busch Motorsports, uh, 18 year olds in uh, Todd Goland and Harrison Burton, uh, not to mention Christian Eakes and yeah. Riley Herbst. I mean, you have a bunch of drivers that are. Six, seven, eight years yeah. younger than Christopher Bell moving up the ladder. Toyota, and I keep saying this, they do not have enough space for the sheer number of drivers they in don't. their program. They don't. They're going to uh, end up losing somebody. Uh, not, not just somebody. They're going to lose, I would guess, somewhere between 10 and 15 drivers. Yeah. Because between ARCA, Trucks, Xfinity, and late models, they have about 25 to 30 development drivers. Yeah. And they only have... Five full-time cup teams. Right, and you don't have that many seats in cup to to uh, take care of all those people. E- anyway, whether they go to Chevrolet or, or, or Ford after, there's just and, not enough room. And to quote uh, Rick Hendrick, uh, because he really doesn't have a driver development program, he has constantly said he lets Toyota and Ford develop the drivers and he just hires them. That's right, I and mean, that's what that's what'll end up happening because snatches them up. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really snatch them up because there's nowhere for them to go, and somebody, they, you know, and they and they'll end up somebody get get out of a contract. And now you've got a talented individual to do it. But it, that brings me to another point, and and, and I want to end up with it too. And I, there's a couple of big articles that came out this week after um, the uh, sparse crowd at Texas, and you know, of course they they come out every two or three races after we've seen a sparse crowd and talk about the, the, the ills of the sport and what's happening. And, and I've often thought this too, we are, we're, we've got a, a, a bunch of drivers coming into the sport with virtually no following. They come in, they just, they, they appear on the circuit. You know what I'm saying? They just, they just, they here one day they're one day they're not there and poof the next day they're there. Uh, you haven't seen a lot of development uh, on the short tracks. Uh, if it is, it's been very fast, uh, um, and it comes along. So there's, there's really, you know, when these kids hit Xfinity, they really have no fan following uh, behind these guys. And, I, and I'm kind of like, like there was in the old days when keep, when guys came up and, and they and they started and they had a they developed a following at their local short track and they moved up the career ladder. Uh, those days are virtually gone, and I think that to some degree affects uh, affects a lot of the, uh, the the fan following that 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 is attending these races. They don't have uh, they don't have anything invested in it as far as a, a a favorite driver other than someone that's established that's that's been in the Cup Series a while or something like that. But they these new kids come up. And, and and they come in that there's, there's virtually no no fan following and I think that hurts the Xfinity series and I think it hurts it in in the fact that they they're trying to make names for these kids but there's they're not having anybody to, to tune in on TV or come and watch these things and I think pulling the pulling the cup drivers out of it and reducing the number of events they can participate in it 
is is ultimately going to be a detriment to the to the Xfinity series. Well, I agree with you at least on the Xfinity series as of right now. There are a handful of drivers that are coming up that do have a following. Uh, you have. Uh, or you had Rico Abreu, who had a huge following from the World of Outlaws. You have Sheldon Creed, who has a following from off-road trucks, along with Riley Herbst. Uh, You have a handful of drivers in ARCA that could be moving up, like, say, Natalie Decker, uh, Christian Eakes. There are a handful of drivers here and there that do have a following. And then you have ones, like you say, that just randomly show up almost. And I'll be honest, there's been times where I've been writing the uh, event previews each week and I'm actually caught off guard or surprised yeah. by some of the names I've seen. It seems like you just come out of nowhere, you know, and, and they're in a, and they're in a pretty decent ride. Yeah, I agree. There are, there are a few. And I think, I think another one that I failed to mention was, was uh, the priest kid, you know, he's coming from, from new England and he's got a good, good following in, in, in the modifieds and he's a little bit different and he, he's, he's sort of a little bit different animal there, the way he's, He's had to uh, pool his resources and 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 get uh, rides along the way. Uh, I think he will bring a following when he comes to cup, and I guess he's going to forty seven yes. uh, next next year. But uh, but some of these other kids, uh, I, I think uh, you know, I think that's one of the one of the drawbacks that 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 has really hurt Xfinity uh, along with the 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 uh, removal. Uh, of the cup stars that were, that were coming well, down and running that, running that series. some. Well, I still like the removal of the cup drivers. I will say there are a handful of drivers in the experience series that have worked very hard to make names for themselves. One that comes to mind, Ross Chastain. I mean, the following that he was able to get before he even reached Ganassi. And you also have his teammate, Garrett Smithley, who's going along the same lines, trying to make a name for himself and a following for himself, which it actually seems like is working for a handful of drivers here and there. Jeremy Clements is another one that comes to mind. And granted, a lot of these drivers are underfunded teams, underfunded drivers, lack of sponsorship. Uh, Alex Labay, another one who has a following, granted, a little bit different because he is the NASCAR Pinty Series champion from Canada last year. So he has a built-in following from Canada. But there are are a handful of drivers here and there that the names are made here approach is working, but it's not necessarily working for the names that NASCAR is trying to promote. Yeah. And that's, and that to me is what, is what they got to figure something out to make, to, to, to get the fans back involved in, in the Xfinity series. That's, that's one of the things that really concerns me of that, that series and how far it's kind of, Falling down the down the popularity ladder. I mean, I'm 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 really shocked at the at the crowds they get on Saturday uh, when they run companion races. It's it's really startling that I, there's there's as few fans at these shows. And then of course the TV ratings are abysmal. But um, yeah, I, I wish. I mean, basically, you know, we 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 talk about we say this all the time. A rising tide floats all boats, and I think that something helping that Xfinity series uh, would, would, would carry over the momentum from it would carry over and help, help cup as well. I just think we've, uh, there's something needs to be looked at. I, I don't know if the current 
track they're going on is 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 going to work or not. I, I just I just am at a loss for what to do about the Xfinity series. Well, just uh, as you said, like the momentum helping from the Xfinity series to the Cup series. The one example today that I can see is next year's rules package, which started out in the Xfinity series. Mm-hmm. So I can see it is working in some aspects, just not in all of the aspects. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a work in progress. So uh, I just want to circle back quickly <clears throat> to the, to the driver movement we spoke of. Um, so, I mean, is there any word on Jamie McMurray's plans for 2019? Uh, is, is Ru- he- is Rumor it? has it that he is taking Chip Ganassi up on the offer of running the Daytona 500 in a third Chip Ganassi racing car. Uh, otherwise, uh, there is no news whether he's going to run any Xfinity, whether he's going to take a management role like Dario Franchitti did. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did read something that he was offered a bit of a leadership role within the team. Um and I, I imagine we'd seen we'll, we'll see him at the Rolex Twenty Four again as well, but uh, but no no uh, no uh, no takers for a full time Cup ride for Jamie, huh? None that I've heard. Okay, well, and there's there's a guy that's uh, had a pretty good career. So uh, now Richard, you've been a little quiet there. So uh, Formula One has announced a new venue for 2020. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes, they have indeed. <laughs> sorry. Um, Vietnam. Vietnam, they're uh, going to be racing out there. It's been, talked for, uh, it's been talked about for a number of years. Uh, similar to uh, some of the other sort of Singapore-style circuits, a, a street circuit with a new permanent um, pit lane area and some, some extra uh, you know, permanent track that's being built out there. Um, yes, I think they're aiming for 2020. There's a couple of uh, things I said that's been a little, maybe a little bit optimistic, so it's more likely to be 2021. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, I've got mixed mixed feelings about this one, really. It's obviously showing the way that Liberty are, are going with, um, you know, the, the, the brand of Formula One, for want of a better word. Now, you have... Um, you know, they're going to Miami next year, or year after, I think that's 2020 as well, uh, and Vietnam well, that's, now. That's, if that happens, I mean, I've... If that happens. I, yeah. I have very little confidence in anybody trying to put a new street race on in the United States based on the, the failures of the, the Grand Prix of New Jersey that yeah. didn't happen for Formula 1, the Grand Prix of Boston that didn't happen for IndyCar, the Grand Prix of Nashville that didn't happen for IndyCar. I, it just seems like there's so much local sure. opposition... And political red tape to jump through that that it's it's a nightmare for for anybody to get these things off the ground. And the only street races in the states that are successful are the ones that have been around for a long time. You know, you're, you're oh, long, for sure. you know, Long Beach, um, um, uh, Toronto, um, the one down in Florida, uh, St. Pete. Um, but any and none of the new ones have. Uh, have really lasted the ones that have gone off the ground. So, well, you know, I'm, Houston no, was Houston sure. showed promise until the until the I mean, crash there. I and, think, and, yeah, but I and Baltimore showed promise too. But uh, again, the local opposition. So, but I uh, think the difference you've seen there is that, um, or the potential, the difference you're going to see this for a turnaround is, is in the past you had um, 
you know, Bernie in, in his group, and Bernie could fall out with himself in an elevator. Um, so to, to have Liberty in there, it'd be interesting to see how much political sway they have in the US compared to, to the Bernie situation. I mean, right. you know, right. potentially, who knows? Anyway, going back to anyway, Vietnam. Going yeah. back to Vietnam. Now, here's, my, here's my thought on Vietnam, on. Richard. A, a lot of the, the so-called newer races have been in these oil-rich countries, you know, yeah, you know Bahrain, and, and you've got these, and and you know Formula One charges these astronomical um, mm-hmm. sanction, sanction fees, right? Now I know Vietnam has a uh, a large population for sure, but it's not it's not really known as a, a very rich country, you know. I, and I, I mean, I, I I realize that it's an untapped market, but I just it doesn't seem to fit the profile of where Formula One has gone. I mean, so mm-hmm. is this Liberty looking to do something different? Are they offering well, them a reduced sanction fee, or I mean, who's putting up the money for this? I don't. I mean, a lot of the times you see, you see in countries like Azerbaijan, it's government that put up this money for these uh, events to promote tourism and promote, um, you know, the the sort of uh, image of the image of the city or image of the country, which is maybe hasn't always been the best historically. Um, so it's it's interesting to see, you know, to see them do that. As you say, you know, they've been. They were very vocal about, oh, you know, we've got to keep the traditional races, which is great. But if Miami and, um, excuse me, um, if if Miami and Vietnam come in for 2020, who drops out? Um, you know, you, you're going to lose one of the more established races. And you look at the track, and it looks an interesting circuit. But there's the sections on it that they, in their press release they even said were modelled on other tracks around the world. So. Turn one and two is like uh, Nürburgring. There's a section there that's uh, similar to Sandavot in uh, Monaco, and then you've got the uh, S's from Japan. It's like it's almost like a PlayStation game, and you know, designertrack.com or something. It's um, of somebody who's been using like paint off windows and the copy and paste function. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, guys. <laughs> is it, is it, this track going to be in Saigon? Nah. Um, I did read it. No, no, it's, uh, it's a suburb of of uh, Hanoi. Hanoi, that's it. Yeah. Oh, so it's um, in, in the northern uh, northern part. What used to be the old North Vietnam? I believe so. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, yeah. You know, you, you sometimes wonder. Formula One, to a certain extent, has enough issues at home, as it were, with its established tracks. You know, you, you sometimes think, hey, look, guys, get those ducks in a row first, then go and sort out, you know, these new places you want to go to. Don't, um, don't, you know, run before you can walk sort of thing. Um, but I mean, I, I doubt, no doubt it'll be a well-run event, but you can see, you know, the, the, tri- the circuits that we've lost recently that were new, India, South Korea, they were pretty well-run events, yeah. you know, um, but, you know, the, 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 you, you can't keep, Swapping and changing and bringing in, um, you, you can't keep bringing in these tracks every five minutes and yeah. and expecting people to embrace the sport. You know, Richard, if this race in uh, Vietnam goes off, will it be a, will it be an expansion to the schedule or will it? Well, will this some, is a question. Will something I, be coming off? I know this season has been a limit for the teams, and they've been saying you know we could maybe do one more race. We certainly can't do more. So as I say. You know, you throw that uh, potential Miami race in there, and you throw in the Vietnam race. You're gonna, 
lose at least one or two of the existing races. Now, I know Germany, that race is constantly on the brink, you're teetering on the brink of, of running out of money. So then which other one do you lose? Uh, I don't know where the contracts stand for for a lot of these races and, and when the uh, contracts expire. But, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, be interesting to see what the schedule looks like going forward. Yes, definitely. So, speaking of the schedule, um, this coming weekend, are we... Are, are we graced with a Formula One race, or do we have another we are week off in Brazil? Uh, which, um, you know, nobody really is interested now because Lewis has already won the championship. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's all, you know, it's it's all it's sewn great, up. Yeah, but uh, it's a great venue. Um, it's a fantastic uh, atmosphere. You know, it's a shame there's not a, a Brazilian driver slightly, uh, you know, to, to draw the crowds and get people interested in it, but. Um, yeah, it's you know it's, it's an amazing. Really, it's that's really mind blowing when you consider how many talented drivers have come out of Brazil that there's not a current Brazilian in Formula One. Oh, that just it boggles the mind. It, it really does. Yep. But, uh, no, but no, I digress. No, no. Yes, no, I agree. But uh, yeah, no, I, I totally uh, you know totally agree with you there. You know, you need somebody out there, and you know, unfortunately, in a way, Brazil's losing a little bit of its charm, for want of a better word, in that. You know, the teams used to go there and the power would go out and, you know, you'd be running off like, you know, almost candlelight during the race. And, you know, sometimes you wouldn't get commentary from the race because, the, you know, the, the lose connection and all this sort of stuff. And it's it's sort of become a little bit too anemic now in that everything works perfectly. It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame that it works perfectly. Okay. Yeah, you know, well, you like that bit of... <laughs> all right, so we've got just a few minutes left in the show. So let's... Uh... Uh, what kind of race do you think we're going to see in Brazil? Is this going to be another uh, track hope, that really I mean, favors the Mercedes, or, or can we see... I think the Ferraris um, will be strong. I think the Ferraris yeah, will be strong. Depends what the tyre compounds they choose. If it's the soft tyre compound again, and you know the Mercedes run without this... I mean, again, we've talked about this before. I am putting a lot of money on the, the recent issues where you've seen uh, Mercedes not be as strong in Austin and, and Mexico is down to this wheel rim issue and them not running this special wheel rim that they developed, despite what Toto Wolff's been saying. Um, so then you look at, uh, you know, you, you look at that going forward to, into Brazil this weekend. It was hot out there. I can see Ferrari and Red Bull be, being strong. Uh, I believe the race is also at altitude again, slightly. So it's similar to the conditions we saw in Mexico. But I would be, you know, I'd be surprised if Mercedes are up there. Lewis is probably nursing a little bit of a hangover uh, from the last two weeks. So, um yeah, I, I'd expect to see, you know, the Ferraris and say Ferraris and Red Bulls up there. All right, so I'll, you're going to pick? I'm going to pick Vettel. Let's pick Vettel up there, yeah. All right, and uh, Gray, who do you like for Brazil? Well, I tell you, I'm going to say, uh, let's see, see what Raikkonen can do. See if he's feeling his oats now that he's uh, he's got back and uh, been on the first step at the uh, on the podium. Let's see what happens if he can get him another one. That's a good pick, yeah. Yeah, a lot of folks would love to see Kimmy win another one. Now, Seth, what are your thoughts on Brazil in the Formula One race? Uh, let's go with Botas. Uh, since Hamilton's finally won the championship, maybe he can actually win this season. Yeah, they could pay him back for the team orders thing, yeah. You know, we've as long as they don't do it through team orders, because like... <laughs> uh, I was gonna say we we've seen that with um the payback win with uh, uh-huh. Michael Schumacher handing Barrichello one. Yeah. Um, I would say Nigel Mansell 
gave one to uh, Ricardo Patrese just as the thanks for being a good teammate and letting me win every week. So, yeah, Botas may, may indeed win. But I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Ricardo. Uh, even though Ricardo was so mad last week or the week before that he said, you know what, somebody else can just have my Red Bull seat for the rest of the year. I think maybe he's going to channel that that aggression into uh, – into a, into a win, uh, just to tell Max to, hey, you know, don't forget who was here first. So, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, we are about out of time. So I want to thank you, Gray and Seth and Richard. Appreciate talking to you guys. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank iHeartRadio. And I'd like to thank all you folks that tune in and listen to us. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.